title of my message this morning is A Revival of the Great Commission and the Power of the Holy Spirit. A Revival of the Great Commission and the Power of the Holy Spirit. We are on, I know last week I told a Christian lie um, and said that we were on the end of our series, Marks for Revival. But again, uh, that's false. Uh, we are extending it out one more week. So this is the end of our series, Marked for Revival. And just to let you know, that's what's going on. We've got Father's Day next week, and then uh, we're ramping up to our yearly offering on the 17th of September. And uh, as I mentioned before, we will give you those plans and the vision for what God is gonna do. And we're all gonna um, dig deep and give into that and see the future generations have an incredible building um, that they can experience revival in. A house for revival, hallelujah. Two people are excited about that. A house for revival, hallelujah. Oh, awesome, awesome, yeah, that's good. You guys are good, on points, eh? Hey, there's a staggering um, statistic, an alarming statistic that really is the point of my message today. And it's that 75% of believers don't know what they're put on the earth for. 75% of believers still don't know what they're put on the earth for. And uh, the other statistic is that 80% of believers only read their Bible once a week. So correlation there to me is quite simple. If you don't know your word, you don't know what you've been put on the earth here to do. And all I wanna do today is real quick, especially because we've got baptisms coming up, is debunk the call of God over your life. You would be shocked at how many pastoral uh, appointments, sessions I have with people who simply don't know what their call is. Why am I here on the earth? And it's quite frustrating because Jesus left us on the earth to do one thing. See, in the Bible, before Jesus went to be with the Father in heaven, He gave us what's called the Great Commission. And here's what I wanna say to you, that every believer's calling is a sub-calling to the real calling. So every believer's calling, your gifts, what God has called you to do is actually a sub-calling to serve the real calling, which is the Great Commission. And so what we're gonna do is just go back to the book of Genesis, see where it all started, uh, where the first calling, God's first plan, we could call it this, God's dream for me. A lot of us go to God with our dreams and we want Him to bless our dreams, but how many know God's got dreams for us? How many of us have gone to God with a prayer list? Instead, I think what we should be going to God with was, Lord, what's on your prayer list? What's on your heart? Lord, you've got some things that you wanna have done on the earth and how can I partner with you? Lord, I'm just gonna shut up for a second and hear what you've got on your heart, what you've got on your prayer list. And so every one of our calling has to come under the Great Commission. Now let's go back to the book of Genesis. Genesis 1.28 says this, Then God blessed them, speaking of Adam and Eve, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. This was God's plan A. This was God's original design. This was God's like first intent. It was His heart for mankind, His heart for you and me. And so what we have here is we have this, this assignment, this mission from God to Adam and Eve. Be fruitful, which means to live a fruitful life where the work we do contributes to the world around us. That's what be fruitful means. Where the things that I do on a day-to-day basis actually contribute to the world around me. I'm actually fruitful with what I do, yeah? And multiply, hello somebody. Amen. Only if you're married, multiply. 
have children who have children who have children. We're actually called to populate the earth. Can somebody say amen? amen. Okay. This kid's around, I was gonna say something. The third part is fill the earth. So he says for us to spread out throughout the world and through our service, bring the influence of the Kingdom of God and the presence of God everywhere we go. Then he says subdue it. Now subdue it means, it's a military term, which simply means to conquer. Now it's not like the old school, we're not going into war conquering uh, people or lording it over people. But you gotta understand that Adam and Eve's mission was to subdue the earth. Most people think that when you read the book of Genesis and you see that God created the earth, that the earth was Garden of Eden. Nothing could be further from the truth. If this imaginary ball is the earth, the Garden of Eden came and landed on the earth. And Adam and Eve's job was to spread and expand the Garden of Eden till it took over the earth. Does that make sense? So their job was to bring God's presence, which lived in the Garden of Eden, to expand and actually take over the darkness that was sitting on the earth. And so God's plan A is still God's plan A. Now we work in a spiritual kingdom and we take back the darkness, we rip people out like we've just seen. We, we expanded the Kingdom of God by inviting people to respond to the cross, by inviting people to respond and give their lives to Jesus. No longer are we trying to take physical territory, but we are taking spiritual territory. We are ripping people out of the clutches of hell and bringing them into the reality of heaven. Can somebody say Amen? Okay, but we know that Adam and Eve stuffed it up royally. Okay, we're going back to basics here this morning. Adam and Eve stuffed it up royally. And at that point in time, Adam gave back the keys of authority to the devil. So from that point onwards, the Bible says that Satan has, was called the God of this world. And so God gave man, you and I, Adam and Eve, authority to do what? Expand His Kingdom on the earth. The story goes, when they ate the fruit, now the keys, the authority was given to the devil. Okay, so now the devil's in charge. Does that make sense? Then we move to Luke chapter four. A whole bunch of stuff happens between then and then. But we see that Jesus has this, this incredible moment where He's praying and fasting for 40 days after He's been baptised and He has a head-to-head -head with the devil, a head-to-head -head with the enemy. And, and listen to hear what happens. This is just a couple of verses out of it, verse six to seven. And the devil said to him, all this authority I'll give to you and their glory for this, here's the part, this has been delivered to me. In other words, the enemy said, the authority over the earth has been given or has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all of that will be yours. So when was it given to the devil? In the Garden of Eden. He says, it's been delivered to me. If you just worship me, I'll give it to you. Now the enemy didn't know that Jesus had another plan. Yes, we understand the cross. He died on the cross, rose again on the third day. And then he went into hell and took those keys and came back to the disciples, back to his boys and said this in Matthew 28. So the keys went from Adam and Eve to the enemy and the world was under the enemy's rule. Now, when Jesus came and defeated sin and death, He goes into hell, He comes back out and I imagine this moment with a bunch of keys in His hand. Now I know they weren't physical keys, but imagine with me, Jesus sits and He talks to His disciples and that's the very last thing He says before He goes to be with the Father in heaven. Literally the last thing Jesus says, it's probably the most important thing, 
It's probably the thing that we should prick our ears up to. It's probably the thing that we should have of high value and maybe put on the back of our toilet door. Yeah? He gets, he gets the keys and he says, look, fellas, all authority has been given to me. This is what he's got. He's got the keys in his hand. How much authority? All authority. See, here's the thing. Most Christians live like Jesus only got 80% of the authority. And the other 20% went to anxiety, depression, sickness. The other 20% went there like Jesus came and said, 80% of authority has been given to me. Therefore, live with a little bit of that stuff and you'll get by. He never said that. All authority has been given to me. And then the response is go. He says, go therefore. This is our job. This is what we're called to do. This is the reason why we're on the earth. You know, if this wasn't true, the people that are about to get baptised, as they come up out of the water, the Lord would zap them into heaven. But He leaves us here on earth to do something. We're not called just to kind of clap and come to church and go home and do nothing about it. You're meant to come here to be equipped so that you can be the light and the salt in the earth. So that wherever you go, you bring the reality of heaven, the peace of God. There's something different about you. There's something that people see and they're attracted to. He says here, go into all the world. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So baptising them in the Name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Hello, this is what we're doing today. Yep. And then what do we do? What do we do with the new believers? These beautiful people that have given their lives to Jesus. What's the most important thing for them to do? Well, if you're a friend or a family member, we've got essentials and all that stuff. But ultimately, ultimately, it's teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. Jesus saying, hey, go back through the red letter words of Jesus and live your life according to my words and things will go well with you. I tried for 22 years to live according to my words and things went very terribly. But when I chose to actually live in the words of Jesus, I chose to forgive when that person didn't deserve it. I chose to not let my left hand know what my right hand is doing. All of the words that Jesus tells us to obey, they're not so that we can, it's not a bunch of rules, it's for my own good. It's so that I can stay in the safety and the shadow of the Most High. Can somebody say Amen? Okay, cool. So teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you and lo, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the age. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. This is my calling. This is your calling. I wanna tell you a story. I was in year two of Bible college in Melbourne and I was in a classroom, probably only about eight or nine people and the lecturer was speaking and speaking, I think it was a little bit before this passage, but it's like I was in the, in the classroom. It's like a bubble went around me and Matthew 28 stuck out at me. And I'm reading it and it's like everyone else is doing their own thing, not knowing that I'm having this moment with the Lord. It was one of the most significant encounters I've ever had. And as clear as day, in my heart, I heard the Lord say, will you give your life to obey this verse. Will you, will you surrender everything? All of your plans, all of your wants, all of your needs, will you surrender everything for this verse? And that commitment in that classroom on that day when nobody else knew what was going on was the catalyst, the turning point for me to serve Jesus with everything I've got. And let me tell you, this is not a verse. It doesn't say this verse is for the evangelists only. This verse is for the apostles only. This verse is for the prophets only. No, no, it's to 
every single believer. Go therefore and make disciples. So I'd say this to you. If you're not living by the Great Commission, a, a Christian who's not living in the Great Commission is an unfulfilled Christian. I get people all the time, you know, I'm just not fulfilled in my job. I'm just not fulfilled. Or the, the funniest one is this. Well, let's, let's, read, let's read Mark 16. This is the other version of it. He says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So everyone, right? He who believes and is baptised will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who preach from the pulpit. No, these signs will follow those who? The question is, am I a believer? And the signs will follow. I've been in prayer meetings. Father, we pray for signs and wonders. Lord, that You would, hold on a second. If You would just be a believer, the signs and the wonders will chase You down. They will chase you down. You will live a supernatural lifestyle. And can I tell you, when I made a commitment to live this verse, the gifts of the Spirit elevated in my life. Supernatural things, I'd pray for things and miracles would break out. I'd pray for sick people and they'd be healed. Only because I made a commitment to live for God's plan A and not my plan. So I have people come to me all the time and say to me, I, I don't know what to do with my life. I'm confused. Well, are you living by the Great Commission? It's the very thing that God has left us to do. So, but pastor, I'm an accountant. Okay, if you're an accountant, then make sure it says in, these, in my name, they will cast out demons, they'll speak with new tongues, they'll take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They'll lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Hello, is this for the believers? Okay, I'm, tr I'm trying to realign us this morning to God's plan A. It's the same thing as be fruitful and multiply. It's go into all the world, multiply believers. As you go, preach the Gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons, freely you've received, freely give. Now this is the call on every believer's life. So you say, well, like I said before, I'm an accountant. Great, how am I gonna do that? I'm not a pastor. No, no, no. As you're, as you're dealing with people, you're gonna preach the Gospel. You're gonna love on them. You're gonna serve them. You're gonna be the light of the world. And as you go, you're gonna preach the Gospel. You're gonna love on them. You're gonna serve them. You're gonna cast out demons. You're gonna heal the sick. But I'm a stay-at-home mum. Great, heal the sick. If your kids are naughty, cast out some demons out of them. Wherever you go, preach the Gospel, heal the sick. Cast out devils freely, you've received freely give. Make disciples wherever you go. This is your calling. And I would say to you, if you've been crying out to God, I don't know what my next season is. I just solved your problem. I just solved your problem. How many Christians, 75% according to the statistics, don't know what they've been put on the earth for? Now, my calling and my gift mix and all the things that God's called me to will make me play a part in that. So God might call me to become a businessman and that's a legitimate calling from God. But in that, am I preaching the Gospel, casting out devils, healing the sick freely, I've received freely, I am I making disciples within my business? God might call me to be a pastor, plant a church, whatever it might be. In that, am I making disciples, healing the sick, casting out devils freely, I've received freely, I give. I might be a school kid. I might be in high school, in college. Okay, great, that's where God's called me. Awesome. Am I casting out devils? Am I healing the sick? Am I preaching the Gospel? This is the call on every single believer. Pastor, would you pray for me? I need a new job. Why? I'm the only Christian there. 
That's exactly where God wants you. Oh, my boss, he's so rude. He's, he just swears all the time. Grow up. Be a believer. God has put you in that place for that particular time. And your boss needs the Lord. He needs what you carry. He needs the peace that you have. He needs the joy that you have. He needs the love that you have. And if we keep pulling ourselves out of situations that God has put us in, we end up going around in circles and we end up unfulfilled. Where has God placed you? Great, wherever that is, make disciples, heal the sick, cast out devils, freely you've received, freely give. I've made it too easy. How can it be that easy? It's the Bible. This is literally what God has called us to do. In that classroom, I just said, yes, every day. I'm gonna live for that. Whatever it looks like, you wanna send me to Africa, Lord? You wanna keep me in Melbourne? You wanna send me to sunny Tauranga? By the way, when the Lord called us, we had to Google it. We didn't even know where this place was. And then I saw the mount and said, it must be the Lord. The beaches, this is Jesus. I had friends that were going to Solomon Islands, Africa. I'm like, Tauranga. Oh, you do love me. Someone's gonna do it, right? We put our hands up. So what are we called to do? Just wherever you are, make disciples, heal the sick, cast out demons, preach the gospel. It really is as simple as that, Pastor Rue. It is simple as that. It is as simple as obeying this and the Lord, you will be the most fulfilled person ever. But what's next? Uh, it doesn't matter. Choose something and do that. I don't know where to go. It says go into all the world. Pick somewhere and make disciples, heal the sick, Cast out demons, freely receive. Freely. Am, I, am I making the point? Amen. Okay, cool. <laughs> so it's back to plan A. Yes, living in theory isn't enough. We've actually got to go. It's the go of the gospel. And this is for every single believer. But this is the part, if this was an infomercial, I would be saying, but wait, there's more. Okay, this is that part where you're like, oh. Jesus kind of confuses us in the Gospels. So you've got to understand, when I got saved, I started reading Scripture. I devoured the Bible and I was quite confused because Jesus said to go into all the world. And then you read in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and at the end of Luke, wait until you've received power from on high. Go, but wait. So the disciples are like, what do you mean? We, you're, Jesus, you're telling us to go, but you're also telling us to wait. Which one is it? He's like, both. And so they wait in the upper room for what? Power of the Holy Spirit. The very nature of the, condition, of the commission that God has given us to go and make disciples, preach the Gospel, change the world, up, you know, turn it upside down, help people through all that they're going through. People think casting out demons is like a really weird thing. It's actually one of the most beautiful forms of the love of God being shown. It's God's love for people removing the demonic spirits that are binding up their life. It's, the, it's actually one of the most beautiful parts of the gospel. Oh no, pastor, we shouldn't do deliverance in church. We should just take them out into a private little room and take care of it there. I've never seen Jesus do that. You ever see the verse where Jesus says, I get the disciples, hey, can you take them to the back room where nobody's looking and uh, let's just do it on the quiet and bring it over there. And you know, we just won't do it on a, no, no, no. 
preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons, freely you've received, freely give. This is the call on every believer's life. And so he says, go, but wait. And he says in Acts chapter one, verse eight, but you shall receive power. Everyone say power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. In other words, the very thing that I'm calling you to do is impossible unless you plug into another power source. How many know you can't cast out a, de a devil? How many know you can't heal the sick? We're not God. You, 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 can't, you can't change the world. You can't disciple nations. But when you plug into another power source, you get power from another place called heaven. And He says, wait till you receive power. Where? From on high. And you will be, the result will be that you will be a witness to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, just to let you know the ends of the earth there, Tauranga Moana is the, is the furthest city above 100,000 people from Jerusalem. So we are standing in the fulfilment of that prophetic word that Jesus gave. Literally here in this city, the Gospel has, we are the furthest city above 100,000 away from Jerusalem. So we get to stand in the, in the, in the uh, fulfilment of that promise. Quite incredible, right? And so he's saying, I know fellas, you, you've got the Holy Spirit with you and He's in you, but now you need Him upon you. Bill Johnson says this, that the Holy Spirit is in me for me, but He's on me for you. Let me explain. The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of a believer and that's where I develop my relationship with Him. He's my guide, my counsellor. I don't wanna share Him with anybody else. I, I build my relationship with Him and, and He's for me and me only. But when He comes on me, it's for service. When He comes on me, it's to be a witness. When He comes on me, it's for somebody else around me, somebody that needs healing, somebody that needs deliverance, somebody that needs freedom in their life. Hello, Freedom Centre. You can't do that if the Holy Spirit's just living in you. You need power from on high. The disciples had the Holy Spirit living in them. Jesus breathed on them in John 20 and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. But it wasn't enough. Go and change the world, fellas. But before you do, wait till you get plugged into the power source. And so what we have is churches all around the world, people, great meaning people all around the world who try and do this thing without power. And that's why we got pastors burning out. That's why we got leaders burning out and moral failings. Why? Because we tried to do it on our own instead of plugging into the power source from heaven. You can't do this on your own. I can't be a dad on my own. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't be a pastor on my own. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't do anything. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. But once I'm plugged into power, boy, look out. Look out. Because God starts to work through you. God starts to do things through you. People start to be drawn and attracted to you and people start to get healed and sicknesses start to leave and people come into the Kingdom of God as we've, as we've seen and witnessed this morning. Can somebody say Amen? amen. I'm preaching better than you're responding. Someone say we can't do this without power. So I'd love to grab the band up and we're gonna close this and we're gonna baptise these awesome people. And so we've already done our, our salvation altar call this morning. But what I wanna do is pray for people that wanna do one of two things. You wanna make a commitment to live for the Great Commission. You need to stop being confused about what God's called you to. We need to settle that. If you just go, God, I'm gonna go after this thing, He'll show you which piece of the puzzle you fit. But if you spend your life trying to figure out what shape you are and you forget to be part of the puzzle, 
we miss the bigger picture. And so as I just said, I'm just gonna serve the puzzle. I'm just gonna be part of the puzzle. I don't care what shape I am. I don't care what part I play. I just wanna help you get your dreams for the earth, Lord, across the line. I just wanna play my part. Does that make sense? All of a sudden I got fulfilled. All of a sudden God started to use me. All of a sudden He trusted me with more. And so I wanna call you either number one, you say, man, I've been trying to figure out who I am. You don't need to figure that out anymore. The Bible's clear. This is what you're called to do. You will play a different part according to how God's made you, your likes, your gifts, all of that, all of that. You're gonna make a commitment to, you know what? Everywhere I go, I'm gonna make disciples. I'm gonna heal the sick. I'm gonna cast out demons. I'm gonna preach the gospel. I'm gonna help people in their journey. Or the second type of person, you're like, Adam, I've been trying this on my own and I need the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you some signs that you've never been baptised in the Holy Spirit? When you go to tell people about Jesus, you're, you're crippled with fear. I'm not saying you don't deal with fear because everybody deals with some kind of fear, but if you're crippled with fear and you haven't been able to open your mouth and tell somebody about Jesus, chances are you're not baptised in fire. So I just wanna pray for you and let the power of heaven come on you. You come out filled with boldness. How, think about this for a second. Peter, he denies Jesus three times. They're like, you're, you're one of his disciples. He's like, no, nah, not me. That's another Peter. You got the wrong guy. Three times he, he denies him. And then in the book of Acts, when the church is born, Peter's the guy that gets up and preaches. The same guy gets up and preaches. 3,000 people get saved. What was the difference? Did he sit seven steps to success course? <laughs> he didn't. Power of the Holy Spirit. Friend, you can't do it on your own. And as we end this series, I just wanna pray for people and get the, the absolute ignition of heaven to come and touch you so that you can obey the Great Commission wherever God has placed you. You don't need to move cities or countries to find out what God's called you to. I've solved all of that for you this morning. Pastor, is it that simple? I'm a simple guy. Maybe that's the way the Lord speaks to me. Like, okay, Great Commission. This is what we do. We don't need to overcomplicate it. And for others, you're the, the good side of power hungry. You know how they say people are power hungry? There's a good power hungry, hungry for more power, hungry for the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm so hungry for more of Him. I'm so hungry for more of Him. I'm so hung- The Bible says in Ephesians 5, be filled and keep on being filled. So this isn't a one-time event like, you know, I got filled in 1987 at Tepuki Town Hall. Too long ago, friend. You gotta get filled and filled and filled and filled and filled and live in the overflow of heaven. Fresh fire, fresh touch. Lord, we need You for everything we do. Come on, why don't You stand to Your feet? If you're hungry, please don't come to me. Come to Jesus. You say, Adam, I'm desperate for more power. I'm gonna live my life for the Great Commission. Run to the front. Run to the front. Run to the front. Do business with Jesus. You wanna be filled. You wanna be filled with power. You wanna be filled with power so that you can do what God has called you to do. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Why don't we start baptising these beautiful people? Come on, 
Can't just begin to cry out to the Lord if you're here at the front. Just ask Him for more power. He's a good Father. He's gonna give you the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Some of you don't pray in tongues. I'm gonna pray for you and the gift of tongues is gonna fill your life. This is not an evangelism message. This is a believer's message. Fill your people, Lord. Lord.